Hey, Sean. Hey, Jackie. Guess what? What? You get to talk about a movie instead of just produce the episode this week. Oh, my God. <laughs> you let me out of the basement. I'm so glad to Welcome. be out of the basement. Welcome. Look at the sunlight. It's the last you're going to see of it for a while. Oh, God. But I know this is one of your favorite films, and I think oh, you probably have an inkling because you get to see the list of movies I haven't seen. That might be true. The movie is Apollo 13. Oh, Jackie, I'm so glad I get to talk to you about this movie. It is one of my favorite movies. It is drama. It is Tom Hanks at his best. It is NASA and our space program at its best. And also, um, there I've got like a family connection to this whole thing. Just not, I mean, my fiance worked for, for NASA for a while, but um, I grew up on a lot of this stuff. My dad, you know, we watched uh, from the earth to the moon and Apollo 13 and all these documentaries. And we built models of, of uh, NASA spacecraft and space shuttles. We watched the shuttle launches. I've been to a shuttle launch. So, oh wow, so, yeah, this, this movie is, has been a big part of, of my uh, growing up years, I guess. Cinematic oh, I, experiences. I didn't realize you were so deeply connected. I, I, I don't know anything about it and I'll be, I like feel really embarrassed. Maybe I'll have you cut this out. I'm not sure if Apollo 13 is the mission that led to many astronaut deaths. No, this didn't lead to uh, any fatalities, thank goodness. Um, Apollo 13 was sort of the mid uh, the midpoint of the Apollo program. Um, they were scheduled to go through 18 and, and beyond, but uh, unfortunately those flights got canceled due to budget cuts. Uh, but no, you're, you're not missing anything in uh, pre-shuttle days. Oh, okay. So... Okay, I'm glad to know that this has a, a happy ending, but I know that it's a space, uh, I was going to say a space drama, almost like a space opera. <laughs> um, it's a drama, and so I feel like I'm going to be very anxious because I have anxiety normally during space movies because <laughs> space is, even though we know a little bit about it, is the great unknown well, I, I hate to say that um, there's spoilers because, you know, it's a historical event and the movie's pretty close to the real history. Um, but I will tell you that it is going to be a pretty high anxiety time. Love that. Well, I, I guess I'll pour a, a very strong beverage and go feel anxious about space again. Uh, here's a little tip for you. Try not to catch the measles before part two. Here I go. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen, and I'm bringing my friends along with me. Uh, Houston, we have a podcast. We, we do have a podcast. Sean! Uh, yeah? <laughs> Uh, yeah i know emotion so much so much emotion wow i mean i'm it, yeah uh, i mean i'm glad it was a happy well not a sad ending <laughs> how about that everyone lives everyone lives thankfully i really didn't think that was going to happen i thought we were going to lose um lose ken ken no oh my god not ken Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why am I? I'm there. Pop Fredo, Fredo, there our go. buddy Fredo. I really thought we were going to lose him, and I'm like, how do you handle a corpse in space? Well, especially because it's Bill know. Paxton, and if anyone's going to die, it's going to be Bill Paxton. That is very true. Well, I would have said Kevin Bacon to be honest with you, but <laughs> valid. Well, it's only because they couldn't get Sean Bean. Really? Oh well, we'll, we'll no for to, for killing facts. people. It's fine. No, no, go on. Oh, <laughs> that's a joke that didn't land. Oh, cut you that. can't see. See, I feel really bad because you are. Oh, definitely no, it's not a the movie first. joke, and you don't watch movies, right? I was gonna say you're not the first person that I've talked to on this show that has like tried to make a joke about another film as though I have seen that film. You know, because movies, which you right. have, yeah, yeah. I should have a show about that. Should, yeah, watch the movies. Uh, well, let me try to recap this very traumatic yeah. space exploration, which is kind of crazy because I'm going to summarize. I feel like this is a almost like drunk history, but I'm not drunk. I'm going to summarize a historical event in 30 seconds or less. I did attempt that with the Titanic. So. If you're not drunk, you should have started earlier. All I right. Know. I'm going to count you down. Okay. In three, two, 
one, launch. I knew you were going to say launch. Okay, there is a mission. It's called Apollo 13, and it's only 13 because it comes after 12. It's not haunted, whatever. It's fine. So they're going to go to the moon, and they're going to walk on it because Neil Armstrong already did it. And there's this guy named Jim Lovell, and he's an astronaut, and he's like, I'm going to do it better than Neil Armstrong. And he's so excited. And then they go up there, and there's a lot of insanely fucking scary problems. Like, their heat shield, like, explodes, and they're running out of air, and, like, one of the crewmates is dying of measles or mumps i don't even know and all these other things so the team on earth has to figure out what to do including making a carbon dioxide filter out of a sock and then the whole thing is terrifying uh, but they make it master back. alarm lights on sorry you're done uh, i failed the mission let's run you're it again let's run it again <laughs> run it again came in too shallow you're all dead uh run it again i just wasn't <laughs> i wasn't really feeling that one let's just run it again all right reset the switches get them in here <laughs> uh, let's got it we got to get it right we just gotta get it right well let's get this it right this is how listeners know that we don't heavily edit this show no. is that i <laughs> i fail these 30 second recaps every single week that's not true you've nailed some of these 26 that's 27 true. seconds you you know you undersell yourself a little bit there Whew. but so, i mean it was a lot tell me what you thought oh my god well can i i'll start with my first talking point which also i mentioned in my 30 second recap is the number 13. Dun, dun, dun. So 13 I have deemed is my, I don't want to say lucky number because I've never, nothing lucky has happened to me regarding that number. I just picked it because it's my birth date. There you I was go. born on the 13th. Um, so that's my number. And it, you know, has some, a little bit of a connotation, which I now I'm thinking back. When we talked about Friday the 13th, uh, I chatted with my friends over at Drinking and Screaming, and we talked about that movie, and I actually learned that Friday the 13th is only spooky in, like, American culture, and then there's other dates where, mm -hmm. like, Tuesday the 13th is spooky, yep. or, like, Tuesday the 18th, so, like, there's no real spooky spooks about the number 13, but everybody well, seems to be really hung up on this number. There's no spooky spooks about the number 13 in other countries and there's nothing that says bad luck can't be national. That is a good point. Nope, I mean, everybody's nope. hung up on it. Mm -hmm, exactly. But I mean, Marilyn's little moment of like, why does it have to mean 13 was a really beautiful acting moment. Right. I really, really liked it. And I identified with it. I actually, I watch most of these movies using closed captions because I have the worst sound system known to ban in my house and i don't think i would have caught her mumble had i not been watching this with closed captions so i appreciate that someday we're going to invest in some movie equipment so that you can watch these movies instead of read them uh but Listen, it is our, not this day our patrons have made my new mic setup possible so That's maybe our, our patrons can help me get a better sound system hey so patrons if you want to be part of helping jackie hear the movies that she watches go to patreon.com slash jackie watches stuff for all the details Thank you, Sean. Yeah. We're back to our show. We're back to the show. <laughs> but yeah, so the number 13 is uh, is really freaky in this movie. They're like, oh, you're going to launch on, you know, oh, not oh, 1300, 13 and 13 minutes or whatever they were going to launch at, which is the craziest thing. Um, were they launching on the 13th? I don't think so. But this number was like, woo. And then there's the moment where the dude... Uh, that's driving next to them on their way to one of the media appearances is like, oh man, lucky 13. And then the car dies. And then this was not related necessarily to the number 13, but just about signs generally. When Marilyn's ring goes down the shower drain, I could not breathe. Oh my gosh. Just the, yeah, it's, it's awful. I thought it was a sign that he was going to die because again, I, I, you told me that no one died, but mm -hmm. like, Ugh. like it was like what's gonna happen to her husband because it was just all these signs all oh, the yeah. signs yeah absolutely it's uh the movie sets you up for for the stress that is coming but it, i think it does a good job of doing it in in little baby steps um especially if you don't know uh the history yeah which i was kind of embarrassed not to know about this mission but i felt a little better because and this is you know, not this is tangentially related at this point, but in the film, it kind of depicted that the American public was pretty over it. They were like, oh, yeah, you're just going to the moon, whatever. Like, I'm not super impressed anymore because Neil Armstrong already did it. And so 
maybe it's like, I mean, I was not alive when this happened. I was born many years later, but that could also be part of it, that it just wasn't a hype. Not until there, of course, were lives on the line. Exactly. Um, and, and I think not to get too deep into it, but that that ended up being one of the real problems with Apollo is when you had a mission which was beat the Russians to the moon, you had a lot of bipartisan national fervor. Um, mm-hmm. And once we beat the Russians to the moon um, and the Soviet Union pretty much terminated their moon landing program, um, we, uh, we kind of lost interest politically. And a lot of the decisions that got made post-Apollo 11 uh, for NASA budget and NASA missions um, happened in Congress where uh, politicians are answering to their constituents about, you know, why uh, they're spending the tax dollars to go to the moon or what good does it do? Um, you know, don't we have enough problems here on earth? That sort of thing. So instead of, um, oh, oh, and, and then when um, a lot of politicians w- would say things like, well, I'll vote for this funding, but only if you build this facility in my state. Uh, mm. And, oh, I don't really care what your actual requirements are or if that's convenient for you, NASA. Um, <clears throat> either it happens in Alabama or uh, you can go fuck yourself. Interesting. Yeah. So that's you know one of the reasons that Huntsville has remained uh, – Huntsville, Alabama has remained one of the centers of NASA activity uh, – is because of really intense political lobbying. Um, so especially post Apollo 11, once we no longer had that national drive, um, you know, the, uh, the Apollo program basically ended due to politics, not because of science, not because the craft were outdated, not because there wasn't more to do, uh, but because of politicians. Interesting. I mean, I guess that tracks then. They depicted that, I think, fairly well in the film. They did. Uh, they touched on it. They touched on it where it was relevant. They didn't harp on it because it's not a point of the movie. But um, mm-hmm. but if you go spend a half hour on Wikipedia, just kind of cruising um, the later missions and the planned missions of Apollo and the things they could have done, um, the things that they had planned and the next steps from Apollo, um, you, you start to learn that the space shuttle was actually a huge downgrade from... Uh, from we, what we had planned for for the 15 years after Apollo 11. So it's a it's a it's a rough story after Apollo 13, I'm not going to lie. Would it make a good movie? No. Documentary maybe. Yep. So so I guess that's kind of my, you know, little fun fact there is um it's uh it's, it's kind of rough. Um I really enjoy the time they spend in the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie or so setting up the characters uh because you know, it's it's history but it's it these are sort of fictionalized and like you you see that um mattingly who is the crew member who got scrubbed is like really detail oriented knows his stuff back and forth because he pulls everybody back back into the simulator again you see uh swigert who ends up being the replacement making a really subtle sex analogy um at the very beginning of the movie with a bottle and a pint glass oh my god (laughs) that scene ridiculous seriously well, first I screamed loudly, like, is that Kevin Bacon? I was not <laughs> expecting to see Kevin Bacon in this film. Uh-huh. So that was just a shock. But yeah, I was like, all right, here we go. But There's do, the probe joke for the whole movie. The, the, no more plays. Our one probe joke. We got it. Yep. We got it in there. Got it in. Got to get it in. Nice. Um, okay. So <laughs> oh, no. We got it in. Oh, no. <laughs> Hard doc achieved. Anyway. Um, so so that's our last docking joke. Um yeah, they, they do a really great job of bringing you into these characters as people, you know, um, love, uh, Lovell's ambition to, to walk on the moon, his, his dreams there, Mattingly's attention to detail, Swigert being kind of a wild card and maybe not as good, um, you know, and, and, and Fredo, Fredo's there. <laughs> yeah, he had an interesting plot line. He did, I thought, he did. Um you know, he's, he's got the kid back home, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. and another one on the way. Another one on the way. Um, and then, uh, you know, Lovell, his dad, his daughter comes out after fighting with with his with her mom and is like, Dad, can I wear this? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> Jim. Uh, no, no. No, no. God, no. <laughs> yeah, that was a very um, humanizing and dad moment. But I felt like actually... 
I felt like all of these characters were very human. Even the mission control folks. Especially. Yeah. Like it felt real and and human. I mean, it was real, right? Mm -hmm. Like obviously slightly exaggerated, um, which I'm sure you have many more facts than I do about (laughs) places where uh, the production team took liberty with the story. But um, but yeah, if it made all of these folks not only feel like they were so driven to succeed and achieve their mission for whatever reason but also like i don't know like jim lovell like really cared for his family you saw that and i mean my other point this is a great segue his supportive wife his his, the most supportive wife in history my god let's just i'm just standing and applauding her right now because she is the MVP of this film. I'm sorry. I know that Ken like kind of saved the day a little bit and so did Lovell and stuff, but mm-hmm. like she's kind of the MVP. Yeah. Because she is just she is unquestionably supportive. She does not bat an eye when he's like, surprise, I'm going to the moon in six months on Apollo thirteen, even though also, not not like hey, I'm canceled my bad. Right. Which at the end of the day, I get it. If she got upset, like, oh you're can't you're skipping on our vacation to go to the moon, it's like, yes, Marilyn, I'm skipping on our vacation Scram. to go to the moon. But like it's just But I more than support. just not saying like no or being upset. Like yeah. she is the rock not just for him, but for the entire family Absolutely. and their friends and the other yeah. wife on the mission. She's mm-hmm. yeah, she's yeah. a hero. Oh my gosh. And then the the scene I really wanted to talk about this with you, the scene where she says they're in the car. It's actually right I think it's right before the like, oh lucky thirteen dude uh scene. But she says, like, I don't think I'm going to go to the launch. And you feel why, right? She's terrified. She is so yeah, nervous. Absolutely. She doesn't want to even face it. And what actually shocked me is I really thought we were going to watch Jim Lovell, like, freak and explode and say, like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to the moon. This is the most important thing. I'm going to be up there. Like, what the hell? Why wouldn't you come? But I think he understood. But he was also justifiably hurt by her saying like i don't know if i can she, she reading between lines was like i don't know if i can do this like, like i don't know if i can come watch them have that conversation and just the the level of unspoken understanding between them mm-hmm. was just uh, in terms of acting just phenomenal just it was so stellar good. yeah it was stellar and then when she showed up i that was one of the three million times in this film that i started crying but Oh, this movie is designed to make you cry. Oh if you don't, if you don't cry during this movie, you have no soul. Oh my god, it hurt! It hurt my heart. Did you and... expect to cry in Apollo thirteen, a space movie? Well, anxiety aside, I was gonna say, was I gonna cry? I think I expected some tears because I knew it was gonna either involve a death or a loss of some sort, or it was gonna be like oh my gosh, they almost died and then they made it. And I'm I'm a very empathetic person mm-hmm. and like I just cry at everything. So the chances were high, but not this many times, I guess. There is a thing that they call telepresence uh, in media research. Um, and it's one of my favorite things that people research. And it is this idea that some people really get sucked into the things that they're watching and are really empathetic and like are really involved. Mm-hmm. And some people like could just sit there and do their taxes while Apollo 13 is playing and they wouldn't care. Yeah. And they're just heartless souls. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but like, you know, uh, some people will like see a movie and like they, they, they'll be in their heads being like, well, this plot point doesn't make sense. Here's a plot hole. Here's this. And some people will be like engaged completely in the movie and like, their ability to suspend disbelief is a lot easier. Like you empathize your emotion, you ride that emotional high with the movie or it's lows. Um, and so maybe, maybe you have just really high telepresence uh, like I do. Yes. I'm, I cry at every movie I watch. I cry watching other people cry on movies and, and television shows. So that's a big one. And so watching the family, well, ugh, let's just, I'm going to go through all the scenes I cried during. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one of the go. one of the big yeah, as I sit here like, okay, let me grab my tissues. But like one of the one of the scenes that I'm thinking about that hit me so emotionally hard is when uh Marilyn goes to uh Jim's mom's seemingly like retirement home and says basically like 
hey, there was a huge accident. Your son's okay. Maybe, probably. He's not going to die. Maybe, probably. And the, uh, her, his mom doesn't even, like, doesn't flinch. Really, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's just, like, my kid's going to get out of it. That's oh, just, my God. And the nice. line, which is, you know, if they could make a Washington a washing machine fly, my Jimmy could land it. I'm like, oh. My heart. I'm, uh-huh. like, thinking about it. I'm feeling so emotional. Yeah, it's and and watching them, uh, watching the whole family all together at the house with, <laughs> oh my gosh, I will laugh at this scene though, when uh, Jim's mom meets Buzz Aldrin and yeah. Neil Armstrong. Are you and boys in, in this the program? <laughs> <laughs> that was a very funny line. That was good, uh, but where they're all watching, like, how could you do that? How could you sit and watch? This tragedy, knowing that someone you love is in, is there, is right yeah. there. Like that is, oh God. And, uh, and, and the reason I feel like, again, not to, just to, just to bring it back around. Yeah. The reason I feel like you care is because they spend this time showing you that all of these people are human beings with like mm-hmm. believable, sane emotions. None of them are insane cowboys. They all have like fears and desires and, and like, there's a scene where where uh, Lovell's leaving and uh, in that jet, in that fighter jet, remember? In that, in that trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see it fly over their house. Yeah. Uh, and he rocks his wings, like waving at his wife as he flies by. Oh, I miss. I yeah. didn't, like, get that. Oh. Right? Now my heart hurts again, Sean. That's what I'm here for. Oh. How cute! Because yeah, I saw the little smirk, but I thought it was kind of her being like, "Yay, my husband's achieving his oh, dream." Oh yeah, it's because it. it's because of the wing waggle. Because he waves. I'm gonna oh. guess like he does every time he flies over the house. Because a lot of these astronauts were also pilots who maintained right. flight currency. Right. Oh my god, that's so cute. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch that scene. It's good, that's darling. Did you have any other big points? I know you're like know this movie inside and out. Oh my gosh, I, I really. So I don't know any astron- I don't know any astronauts. I know a few I, I know a few folks who were aspiring astronauts, but I know a fair number of pilots uh, and some military pilots, most of whom the astronauts were. And I feel like they capture they capture the vibe and the attitude of the military pilot and especially the test pilot way better in Apollo 13 than they do in pretty much any other movie, including and especially Top Gun. <laughs> Another one of our favorites but on Jackie Watches. So. They're, you know, they're supremely self-confident, but they double check themselves. Um, they're really passionate about everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but, you know, they're, they're not cast in a mold, right? But when it comes down to it, when it's time to execute, they're professionals. Yeah. And and, and in, in private, they may vent, but in public, and when it's time, when it matters, they're business. They're all business. The uh, the thing that comes to mind for me is there's a couple a couple scenes. The first is when they ground Mattingly for, for potential measles and levels in, in the office with Gene Kranz and they're they're talking their way through it and and level finally like is at the end of his rope and he just goes this is flight surgeon horseshit and, and they hash it out and he makes his decision and he comes down to his crew to Manningly and he you know he, he says well this was my call yeah like once he's done he's set the course is set he takes responsibility he gets the job done and he moves forward and Mattingly is like of course pissed right but he deals with his shit and then he comes back and he does his job, which is coming back to save these guys working on the ground. Yeah. And he doesn't not not that I think any any human who is so passionate about space exploration would ever do this. But he had the opportunity to say, like, oh, fuck those guys. I'm not calm. No, like I'm staying here in my bed and keeping the phone off the hook. Yeah. Um, which he did, he which did again. do. <laughs> well, you know understandably yeah, yeah yeah absolutely he technically didn't say like oh man sucks to be those guys better took my, take my phone off the hook like he that didn't happen no it, it, it's just not even in the realm of things that could possibly happen right and i mean because again you should go to therapy he wasn't really dealing with these emotions and in, in nece- the most healthy way necessarily he was sitting around moping drinking smoking laying in bed all day 
And that's why he decided to take the phone off the hook. And at least the landlord let that guy in to come get him. So. Well, if you want to talk about therapy, actually, um, it's really As I'm literally sitting here wearing the Have You Considered Therapy design from the Available Jackie at JackieWatchStuff.com. Same. Sorry so um, the uh, part of the problem with that is that for the longest time, and still in some industries, uh, going to seek psychological help or having any sort of treatment for anxiety or anything like that, in the astronaut corps, you never would have made it in if they had evidence that you'd seen a psychologist, like ever been on any kind of medication like that, you're not going to space. Even now, if you have evidence that you were under treatment for an anxiety disorder, the FAA just now has decided to let you fly while taking your some anti-anxiety medication. Which is so very sad. And, and not commercial. I mean, like, Cessnas, little, you know, two-person general aviation recreational planes. So oh, wow. when you're in these upper echelons, um, therapy is just not an option. Like admitting that you're in some way broken mentally, you're off mm -hmm. the job forever. Maybe you're not even going to – like and a lot of these guys would like once they were astronauts, they'd cycle through mission control doing these important things. Maybe right. you're done forever, you know? That's so – bizarre and sad yeah that's that's your career that's your livelihood mm -hmm. uh that's your future and it's gone because what are you right. gonna and, and it's the same thing with with physical it's like you push through no matter what and you saw that with freddo it's like yeah 104 degree fever i can't move my muscles but i'm fine i'm gonna get the job done because that's what we do yeah um so yeah not only is therapy like sort of socially discouraged but um you could lose your job so that's oh. not you know, so sad. And, and as you can see, like, this isn't just a job for those guys. Oh, absolutely not. This is everything. This is absolutely everything. I mean, you watch Jim get really mad that that he's missing the moon, I think is the what was the phrase? He's missing the moon or something. Lost the moon. Effect. Lost the moon. Thank mm -hmm. you. And it's like, yeah, bud, because you you might die up here. Like, this is not the concern, but he's still upset. Like, it's it's, it's their whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my last point, not that this movie necessarily needed to be longer. I mean, it was almost two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Very good. A very good two and a half hour movie. Uh, but I, I kind of wish that I would, that we got more non-space scenes and we got more Marilyn, we got more family, mm -hmm. we got more on the ground. More mission control. Well, mission control I feel like could be a really cool like science doc. Right? That stuff that whole scene, I didn't even have to think like didn't even think about it, but that scene where uh they were like, all right, we gotta build a carbon dioxide filter and this is mm -hmm. all we got. Like let's figure it out together. Like it's some big puzzle game. It's it's some it's something that I wouldn't even think that could have about. been like an amazing 10 minute sequence on its own. Right. And I would have watched the hell out of it. Would it have made this movie seven hours long? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I would have watched that shit. And so, yeah, I just feel like I don't want to say things were missing because I don't want to make it sound like this movie wasn't a great movie. But I, I thinking back, like taking the time to reflect on watching this film, I think it would have been really cool to get like, I don't want to say like a part two, but like a complimentary film that you could watch like in succession with Apollo 13. And it's just like a. So you know, I've actually got just what you want. <gasps> uh, no, you don't I really. Super do. Yeah. Uh, there was an HBO miniseries called from the earth to the moon. Um, it is okay. 10 episodes, 12 episodes um, covering Everything from the very early days of uh, the space race in the Mercury and the, uh, the Gemini programs um, all the way through Apollo 17, which was the final uh, Apollo mission. Oh, wow. They have an entire episode, um, episode eight. It's called We Interrupt This Program, uh, and it covers it only on the ground. Uh, <gasps> you only ever hear the astronauts on the radio. Oh, that's so cool. And it talks about the news reporting and it talks about headquarters and it talks about all kinds of stuff. It's part of a whole docudrama that I can't recommend enough. Um, that's very cool. Phenomenal. Because, yeah, we got a little of And you know, who, uh, you know who the executive producer is? Is it you? It was me. It was not. It's Tom Hanks. 
Right? That's so fun. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, maybe I can add it to some bonus Tom Hanks content for our patrons. We'll we'll get a... Maybe, maybe we'll watch some of that together. A watch party. Yeah. Oh, man. So cool. Wow. Okay. Well, I came up with an idea and it already existed. So... It's a great idea. There's Thank so you. much stuff out there about this. But yeah, you're right. Um, the the process in which they make that CO2 scrubber is like it's studied over and over and over in in problem solving uh, and and group dynamics uh, in corporate uh, corporate training that sort of thing. Uh, this idea of like you know work the problem, don't don't panic about all the other things. That, you know, step six hundred ninety four. We're on step eight, so let's talk about step eight. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's uh, there's just so much to dig into here. And in fact, if you really want to hear some of it, uh, you can go get the audio archives of all of the Mission Control to Apollo 13 radio transmissions and go back and actually listen to all of this audio in the way in the way it happened because it's all public domain because it was NASA. That's true. You can know everything. <sighs> that is so cool. It's the best rabbit hole Ooh. ever. Well. Maybe we take a break, I go dig up some archives, and then we talk about Fast Facts. I love it. Let's do it. Hey, thanks so much for coming to the Jackie Watches Stuff shuttle launch. I'm really, really happy you're here. First, just a couple of announcements. I, of course, have to thank all of our Academy level and above supporters for their incredible support of this show. They are Ebru, Lindsay, Logan, Donna, Tom, Hannah, Mick, Missy, Paul, Bree, Jarrett, and Linda. Thank you all so much. If you want to get a special shout out on every single episode, plus access to really cool and exclusive content, you can head over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash Jackie Watches Stuff. Or you could just go to the show notes. You'll find a link there too. You can get a shout out. You'll get early access to episodes and even an invitation to our monthly live show, which is always a good time. There's other ways to support the show. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Jackie Watches. And of course, tell your friends to listen to the show. We always like to welcome new listeners to Jackie Watches stuff. And if you haven't already, rate and review us. Uh, It helps other folks find the show. And it makes me feel a lot better about myself, not going to lie. And you never know, if you leave a review, it might land you a shout out on another episode. Hmm. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, the Jackie Watches Stuff logo would look really nice on a pillow? Or how about, if only I had a notebook that says that's not great. Well, call me a genie because I have made your wishes come true. That's right, we've got a merch store. You can head to merch dot jackiewatchesstuff.com or just use the link in the show notes to find the store. And this is a really fun way to support the show and you get some cool swag in return. Okay, I have to buckle in and just head to the moon really fast so you can get back to the show. We're back. Let's talk some fast facts about Apollo 13, the movie, All right. not the space launch, I think. Yeah, Apollo 13, the movie. So first fast fact from me, according to astronaut Jim Lovell, a.k.a. Tom Hanks, there were no discussions or fights like uh, showed up in the movie. Um, basically, he said the most important thing for the crew was to focus on getting home. You know, Ron Howard, uh, the director of the movie, justified it by saying the astronauts were feeling a lot of emotion, so he needed to like put that on screen somehow. Um, and it was actually ended up being a uh, a bit of a disagreement between the director uh, and team members. Uh, same with uh, Gene Krantz, the flight director. He he didn't get angry. He didn't fight. He didn't yell. He didn't want to lose control and just stress out his team because that's not going to help anybody, you know? So I guess that makes sense. I mean, obviously it wouldn't have, I mean, it still would have been a dramatic film. Let's be real. But it wouldn't have been as, you know, if they didn't have that fight in the, um, up in in the thing up in space you know just floating i think you know in the place you know it's just a little sprinkle of drama because there was kind of that vibe against uh kevin bacon i'm just gonna keep saying mm-hmm. kevin bacon uh you know they were like oh this guy we don't like this guy but then by the end fredo's like good job jack even though he was dying so <laughs> um you know i get that but i'm surprised that 
those, well, seemingly, we don't know everything, but seems like maybe that was the only little liberty that was taken? Uh, you'd think so. Oh. But uh, the uh, that classic line that says failure is not an option. Yeah, oh, yeah. Flight Director Krantz never actually said that. No. Um, yeah, because it's such a great line. Um, he did write a book with that title. And I guess if you're Gene Krantz, you, you get to name your own book. So Wait, so... I'm sorry. He yeah. wrote a wrote a book, which is fine. Yep. He's he's allowed. Uh-huh. He did a cool thing. Yep. And uh-huh. he's like, man, I don't know a title. I know. I'll take a line that the movie portrayal version of myself said. Uh, Krantz's book well predated Apollo 13, the movie. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Misunderstood. I thought that he literally no was like, hmm, I don't have a Would've title. Been- Way funnier. Oh, man. I kind of want to make that just the story anyway, though. And the other thing that I love about this is there's not a single bit of stock footage in this whole uh, – in any of the launch sequence, in any of it. Um, really? It was all movie magic. And it was so good It was that uh, Buzz Aldrin, like, you know, astronaut Buzz Aldrin. Was he in the space program? Uh, he was in the space <laughs> program. Um, went up to the effects supervisor after he got a screening because, of course, he did. And it was like, hey, where did you find this footage? I've never seen oh, this footage Buzz. before. Because it was that good. Such a sweet boy. I mean, I guess thinking back, there were some pretty like movie-esque angles of the rocket launch. Like when you saw the supports kind of disconnecting. I don't think that's how it was uh... – not only how it was documented, but the quality, the high definition, even for, you know, the 90s time of this film. Uh, it is different. difficult to put a camera there. Yeah. yeah. There's something about a rocket being in the way. Yeah. Just a little, just a little heat. Interesting. Uh, but, but having, but having myself watched a ton of NASA archival footage, like, yeah, they nailed all of this. It was so perfect. Wow. Um, I've been to a shuttle launch and like, you can't turn your subwoofer up enough to replicate the sound, but Apollo 13 comes close. Is it like uh, is it like being it, at a rock concert and the bass is really loud kind of? No, it's it's that that is like a pale shadow of the earth-shaking power of a rocket launch miles away. Like it's it's Unless you've been there, it's it's tough to tough to describe. It's ridiculous. Wow, that's such a cool experience. It's amazing. So cool. So yeah, um, they absolutely nailed all of the technical details in this movie. If you can look at the panels, you can look at the launch sequence, you can look at pretty much all of this and know that you've got a pretty good idea of how it went down. Wow, I think I want to rewatch it now and really pay attention to those technical scenes where they're not only at the actual launch, but um, when they're doing all of the mission control things or where they're actually uh, doing the simulations. I was going to say replications. Mm-hmm. That's not the word. The simulations and really pay attention to more of that stuff now because I was really just engrossed in the plot. But I also was losing track because they use a lot of jargon. And I'm like, I don't know what these. Oh, and they nail the jargon, too. Oh, really? And like every one of those mission control operators that they, they you know, call, you know, uh, you know, uh, flight surgeon or Fido or flight or wherever. Um, those were real people. You can go find their names and the teams they worked on and the places they sat. And, um, wow. you know, go and you can go listen to, you know, watch archival footage and like. You know, as part of the reason they they were able to nail it is because you saw it's a real thing that really happened. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I never even went to go look up on how much uh, oversight, I guess, folks from NASA or even folks that were there in mission control had when the film was being written and produced to say, oh, these are the types of things that we would have to talk about or the like even that scene where they have to build the filter out of the random stuff that is already on the on the spaceship. Um, I wonder how much help NASA gave as this was being written. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's a few um, there's a few liberties that, that you know that you see in the movie. Um, some of the dialogue isn't is dramatized. Um, you know, there's no one ever says actually in real life, Houston, we have a problem. 
Um, it's just, yeah, it's technically not the real line. Oh no. I know because it's the line everyone knows. Um, no, what happened, the actual way it goes is, um, uh, Swaggart says, um, okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Ground control responds with, this is Houston. Say again, please. And Lovell says, Houston, we've had a problem. Oh, that doesn't roll off the tongue at all. It kind of doesn't. Um, that sounds like we had one and we're good now. No, wor- no worries. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not as dramatic as the movie would like you to believe, but that's, that's kind of part of that heroism, I think, is that when the real people were in this real situation, no one freaked out. Uh, Jerry Bostic, who was the Fido flight dynamics officer, was asked by the producers, like, you know, hey, um, so failure is not an option. Krantz never said that, huh? And uh, Bostic just said, and here's the quote is, no, when bad things happened, we just calmly laid out all the options and failure was not one of them. We never panicked and we never gave up on finding a solution. And uh, Bostic felt like the producers were bored. But as it turns out, they got in their car to leave uh, and they were screaming. That's it. That's the tagline for the movie. Failure is not an option. Now we just have to figure out who has to say it. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it. I I like the way – I know it's not accurate, but I do like the way that uh, Krantz was depicted. And he was not the total dickhead man in charge but mm-hmm. he was commanding and i i'm thinking back now to the scene where he's drawing on the chalkboard and he's like great you've gotten them to here we need you to get them to here and there is a bunch of chaos and everybody's arguing which it sounds like wasn't really the case um but he refocuses them so fast and is basically says like oh, yeah. we're not here to you know sit around and scream at each other figure it out like you have to make it work the same with, you know, getting those four amps or whatever. Ken says like, well, we have to do it right. Like we can't do it. like failure is not an option, even though they didn't say it, whatever, fine. Ruin all my childhood dreams, whatever. A few more facts for you. Sure. Um, you know how in the movie they're like, no, no space flight has ever taken more than three minutes to reenter the atmosphere. Yes. Um, and then they extend it to four minutes. Mm-hmm. Real or fake? Oh, God. Okay. I think that's real. I don't think they would dramatize that. It was absolutely <gasps> real. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, there's a there's a almost a throwaway bit um, towards the end where they come up to, um, to, to Krantz and say, hey, look, their angle is still a little shallow. And Krantz is like, can we do it? Can they do anything about it? And they're like, no. And he says, well, then they don't need to know. Um, wow. Well, uh, that's why it took him a little longer to uh, get back in there. The, the angle was a little different. And uh, to quote Jim Lovell, quote, we were working and watching the controls during that time. And the other thing is we were just slow in answering. <sighs> they were up there like, oh, you know what? Let us. Oh, yeah. Tell them I'll call him right back. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. There I don't think part- that the producers would have been like, you know what? Let's just add this tension right here that that feels like they wouldn't have done that uh ready for another true or false oh gosh i didn't know i was gonna be quizzed okay i'm ready Uh uh-huh uh there's a scene where uh a nasa tech in the movie says if swagger can't dock this thing we don't have a mission okay did it happen or not i i remember that happening in the film um yes i distinctly remember that happening did it happen in real life no swagger was a brilliantly trained pilot and no one was worried about him at all. Oh, really? I was going to ask about that. The whole, uh, and and I did not actually look it up. I should have done that. Um, mm-hmm. This whole plot line of, oh my God, Swigert has not been, he's a great pilot, but he hasn't been really, basically what it is, it's like he's been out of touch recently and like hasn't practiced. And so we're kind of nervous sending up a dude who's a little rusty maybe because he hasn't gotten back in there up into space Uh yeah no they were they they were totally fine um okay uh the wedding ring being dropped down a shower drain true or false i think that's true it is true oh i'm doing so good um but the drain trap caught the ring because you know drain traps are a thing because people have hair and his wife just picked up the ring oh 
Yeah, they never followed up on that thread. I noticed that. Oh my, um, my heart was broken the whole movie. The nightmare that she has, true or false? Did it? Re- she really wow, have a nightmare? So deep. Um, yeah. I don't like that specific. Ni- I'm sure she had terror dreams. I'll say yes. She was like freaked out. I think she was. She was freaked out. Not only was she freaked out, but she had that exact nightmare. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, absolutely. I don't like that. Ugh, that was a very scary dream. I hope right. I don't have that dream tonight about Tom Hanks flo- floating into space. Yeah, it's nuts. So uh, I think that's pretty much all of the facts that Those I have. Those are a lot of really great facts. I feel like my facts are not going to stack up to your facts. <laughs> but I went down the how did they create anti-gravity in Apollo 13, the movie facts. So I genuinely thought it was going to be wires was going to be the answer to this uh because we were in the 90s like we had technology we could made it made it work and like green screens and stuff but that was all actual weightlessness um yeah. you know they actually sent them up into the moon with a space with a camera crew and they called it no i'm kidding um they yeah. went to nasa and they went to the machine that's called the KC-135, which is that thing that everybody knows is the anti-gravity machine. I'm, I'm going to back you up a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's an airplane. Okay, because I was about to say, when I picture like the anti-gravity thing, I picture the thing that spins you around really, really, really fast. And you get used mm-hmm. to the G-forces. But this thing, the KC-135, as you just said, is actually an airplane that goes up yep. And down. And I guess it's not a machine because it's literally a plane. But it's mm-hmm. – they fly just in big parabolas. And I, you're saying because mm-hmm. mm-hmm, you totally know this, right? You're a smart guy. I do. You know this. Just pretend – can well, you pretend to be shocked? Just pretend to be surprised. Oh, my God. It's Isn't amazing. that crazy? I know. That is crazy. That you're learning this for the absolute first time. I definitely don't know anyone who's been on that jet. Damn it, Sean. <laughs> No, it's it really is really cool. It's it what the feeling is is you know when you get to the very top of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's the worst anxiety of all time, except for when you watch space uh-huh. movies. And you float for just a second at the top yeah. of that roller coaster. It's that, but for twenty five seconds of floating. Yeah, and that that is the whole. You're stealing my facts, but it's okay because you like know this already. But yeah, this was crazy because they just flew in this parabolic motion, and they had twenty five seconds to shoot. Of scene, and so they had yep. to very, very specifically coordinate and time and everything, which is bonkers to think about. Just how do you shoot a twenty-five second scene perfectly before you get smacked down back onto the floor because you're about to take a nosedive, right? From like actually mm-hmm. gravity, and so I guess one of the hardest uh, scenes to shoot was actually when. Uh, Fredo spins that little tape recorder for when they're broadcasting for the news because I guess that tape recorder was kept floating out of frame every time they tried to shoot it (laughs) which is so funny to think about because they did some really really complicated stuff um, in that movie but and I'm I'm really excited to be able to go back and watch this now that I know this fact the rest of the visual weightlessness effect was achieved by weighted seesaws so the actors would be sitting on these seesaws that would have that gentle bobbing motion and so they would cut those scenes in with the 25 second like full body weightless scenes and that's amazing yeah and that would kind of give you this full effect that they're floating the whole time because that's when i read this fact i was like wait a minute 25 second scenes how many how many fucking scenes did they have to shoot like it was a long movie (laughs) but it's uh i looked up they were weightless for over four hours total and flew 612 parabolas which is way more than any astronaut does before they go to space so tom hanks i think is way better equipped than like buzz aldrin ever was i guess right that's kind of amazing yeah tom hanks is also a huge space nerd which is why your fact about tom hanks producing that documentary or that tv show makes sense because he was the one on set that was like wait 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 wait! i know my space stuff we need to get this exactly right because he's a huge right? nerd yep. it's adorable let me see if my well now that you like that was my coolest fact i was so excited <laughs> for that fact you're like yeah i already know this Jackie. 
Uh, we can talk about money. Apollo 13 cost $53 million to make, but earned over $355 million at the box office. So, you know, they did fine. Success. Um, What's very funny is at the end of 95, the year this movie came out, um, Mm -hmm. it was the third highest grossing movie, and it was behind Batman Forever, a movie I have not seen, so I'll be adding to the list, but... It was also behind Toy Story. So another animated Tom Hanks beat out Space Cadet Tom Hanks. Bummer. You know, you win some and then you win some. (laughs) (laughs) Because Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks won all of this. He won it all. He won everything. This is we're right in the middle of like, I think the Tom Hanks. I don't want to say golden years because he has a long career ahead of him for sure. But you know, we've already seen him in Forrest Gump. We've seen him in Toy mm-hmm. Story. We saw him in Big. Like, he has been winning, winning. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Yep. I also realized that I forgot a gravity fact. So here we go. Apparently, I don't know how to confirm this at all, but apparently this film was the first uh, Hollywood film in which most all of the weightlessness is authentic and not special effects. So not wires or green screens or any of those things. So this not only was the space team of Apollo 13 dedicated to not failing, but this production team was dedicated to doing it the right way. And that meant no wires, but I can't imagine how nauseous these actors and, and crew members were filming this yeah that must be just ridiculous but now that i've come down from the moon but and also my anxiety i'm very happy i watched this film it's great thank you for making me watch another i mean normally you and i are like underwater we've been underwater in the air Mm -hmm. and now in space together so so what's next i guess maybe like on land we haven't been on land yet i haven't been on land yet Thanks so much to my guest this week, Sean Flynn, who once traveled to Jupiter, Florida, Jupiter, Florida. You can find Sean on Twitter. He's at WXGeek. And thanks again to all of our patrons for supporting the show. Don't forget, if you want to support Jackie Watches Stuff and get awesome stuff in return, head to our Patreon page. You can find it in our show notes and you'll get super cool stuff for as little as $2 a month. See you next week where I will be watching That Thing You Do.